guys welcome to the first rocky and Rose show podcast we got a special guest today mr david wesley himself uh rocky go ahead and let, and let the people know who we're dealing with today so we're dealing with my boy david wesley our very first guest on the show um he's a former pelicans hornets player for the new orleans uh, hornets back in 2004 three two <laughs> And I was on the team that moved from here, from Charlotte to New Orleans. Right. So, so, so you was with us when we moved from Charlotte to New Orleans, which was our first inaugural season in New Orleans was 2004, I believe. Two. 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 Yeah. Do you two. remember that? Do you remember that inaugural game? Because I do. <laughs> I do. I remember that. I remember that very first game because that was my very first time ever in 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 my life sitting courtside. Ooh. Um, and I watched David Wesley and them come out, and oh, I kid you not, y'all. David Wesley was my favorite point guard, probably because he was our first point guard. I kid you not. So I kind of, and I played basketball at this time, you know, uh, playing mm-hmm. basketball. I just had graduated from um, Kennedy about in 2000. So basketball was my life still. I was military, but basketball was everything. And then we had finally got our own home team. So I was no longer a, a Spurs team anymore. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that was my team, Greg Popovich, until we got our home team. Hey, so, wow. um Watching David and him come in, it, it was it was great. I brought my brother to his very first game. We sat courtside. Um, at the time, we were sitting next to um, who is now the sponsor of the Pelicans, Morris Bark. And right. so it was it was it was hella amazing. I don't think we won that game. I can't remember. Um, I can't either. <laughs> I, I, I know we played the jazz. I don't remember. I know we played uh, the jazz. That's and I remember. Yeah, I, I remember we played the jazz. Halloween and, and I was saying, why they don't give us our name back? and so um but um I watched David put on an amazing performance I don't care what nobody want to say um dude had mad handles back then um a sweet three-point shot and and some some hella passing with the the assist and um (laughs) I know everybody wants to credit guys like Baron Davis and CP3 for for what they brought to the Pelicans organization but well the Hornets organization at the time but Remember, I was telling you, Rob, I wanted to start our series off with the untold stories mm-hmm. of the NBA players who don't get the recognition they should. Mm-hmm. And I thought the best way to start it off would be our own David Wesley, because just a little bit of some of the study that I did on you, David. So you went to Baylor and mm-hmm. you averaged 17 points per game and 4.4 assists. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the scouts didn't really think you were tall enough to play the guard position in the NBA. So they hated on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and nobody nobody wanted to give you that, that position until the Cavs, I think that was the first team, right? No, the yeah. Nets, I'm sorry, the Nets. Yeah. The New Jersey Nets uh, swung in and gave you an opportunity. And from that point forward, you took off and showed them guys, man, height don't mean nothing if you got skills. Thanks. You gotta have heart. Yeah, people on the work, and that's you know it's 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 the reason why I'm so drawn to guys like Jose Alvarado. Uh, you know, people passed on him as well, but you can't measure you know the heart of a person, and he's he's brought it because he knows he can play. He he believes in himself, and, that, and you just have to not have an opportunity 
to show people what you can do. And he's got that opportunity and he turned it into a, a four-year deal. Amazing. And so speaking of opportunity, when you got your opportunity, you let the league know that you wasn't just no little short dude that couldn't play ball coming out of Baylor. So you right. averaged 12.5 points per game during your entire career in the league with a total points of 11,842 points, 2,405 rebounds, and 4,159 assists. So for a guy that was hated by the scouts, I think you had a phenomenal career as a role player. And um, we want to thank you for, for allowing us to see that talent in the New Orleans jersey. And I don't care what other teams you play for afterwards, you're going to always be a New Orleans Hornet to us. <laughs> well, I know I you played. had a little bouncing backwards and forwards between us and the, and the Rockets at some point. <laughs> between, uh, uh, well, I, when I was traded, I was traded to the Rockets in 04. And played there a year and a half. Uh, and then my finished up my career in Cleveland. But most of my career, I was with the with the Hornets. Seven right. and a half years with the Hornets. So I'm a Hornet. There you go. Or now a Pelican, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna leave them other people name over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, so uh we we came across a lot of questions, man. So when I, I told the world that we was interviewing you, you'd be surprised. I got one fan request from Monica. And I promised her you was going to do this. So you got to <laughs> hold up my end of the deal. All right, she said right. she got a David Wesley bobblehead from when you was a New Orleans Hornet. And she okay. wanted signed. Uh, tell her to get it to me somehow, some way, I'll sign. So I told her I was going to make sure I get that done tomorrow night at the game. You going to be there, right? <laughs> I think so. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, oh, if you yeah, don't come to the game, we're... come to the pregame party at, at Rusty Nail. <laughs> Well, that, see, y'all are you guys not hosting? <laughs> are you guys not hosting the game? I, I think it's going to be on what T NBA TV or? Uh, yeah, we're, we're not. We're not. Which is odd. It, it's really disappointing. So we signed off Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Like said our goodbyes, thanked our producer and our you know APs and the people behind the cameras and you know make us look good. And then we don't do anything Sunday. We don't do anything Wednesday. We don't do anything if they make it to Friday. And then Sunday again, when they're if, when they make the playoffs, oh, we're back! Hey guys, we're back after we signed off a week ago. It's wow. I don't know. Oh, uh, we got to do better. Well, we, we gonna, do we're gonna we're gonna keep praying for them, man, because we're gonna keep yeah. tweeting them and, and shouting them out and, and and letting them know that we appreciate you guys because you it's and I say this all the time on the spaces. Mm -hmm. It's rare that you get a group of people collectively who want to be here in yeah. our city. Yes. And speaking of great accomplishments and goals and things that we want with our Pelicans yeah. and support the fan base as well as the team. So you don't get too many of them. So when we get them, we want to keep them. So so everybody who's going to be listening to this, we need to make sure we secure our media people for the next following season and for the years to come because we love these guys we love hearing from them and and we love the the fact that they love to be with us so we need yeah. that taken care of for so sure. with that said i got a couple of questions for you david okay. so i know you was the uh i gotta i'm trying to give you these flowers man because you know <laughs> they don't get these role players these flowers and, and they they gotta be given you know where they should be given to when you can so, smell them yeah yeah, you know why you could still smell them, bro. So yeah. they were saying you was a short guard, in a, in, but but they didn't pay attention to the fact that you was one of the best man-to-man -man defenders coming out of college that time. 
Mm -hmm. and, and one of the most reliable shooters that they had coming into the, into that lack of draft that they didn't put you in. So mm -hmm. we're we, we going to hate on them 92 players for right now. <laughs> but um, you were also the co-men's basketball player of the year in 1992 for the Southwestern Conference. Mm -hmm. You know, so so they didn't see a lot that 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 should have been seen and, and, and appreciated that now when we talk about dudes like Jose, Jose Alvarado, it's it's a premium to have a, a defensive player with yeah. such height in this league. Because right. guys, you know, that, that what we call the, the, the shorter players uh -huh. aren't as accepted in this league because you guys don't have that height. But when you have those David Wesley's and the Jose Alvarado's and the Chris Paul's, you know, I'm trying to name all of these shorter guys. <laughs> yeah. When you have, you know, you guys in the form. Jerry Harper, you know, Jerry Harper. Did you, the Jared, <laughs> right, the Jared yeah. Harper's. You know, um, you guys make it and are the untold stories of the NBA, barring Chris Paul, because he's had a phenomenal career. Right. But um, you guys are the untold, the, the man that comes off of the bench who gives the, the, the help that's needed to as a role player. So how would you describe your career the entire 14 years them haters didn't think you was going to get mm. as being a role player? How, how do you describe it? So, you know, when I, when I, when I think of my career and I, and when I come out of, when I came out of Baylor and like you said, co-MVP, I'm thinking, you know, I might get a look, uh, but as the summer went along, I had an agent who, I, uh, I can't remember his name, but I had an agent at the time that was also Larry Johnson's agent. Mm. And all of a sudden he stopped talking to me as much, but mm. he had a, he had a guy that, you know, would come around and would talk to me and, and the guy that would come around and talk to me finally said to me, he's like, they're worried that you're not going to get drafted. He said, you should move on. Mm. So I did. And I didn't get drafted. Um, and, and so I just found myself in gyms working on the things that I was hearing about. Oh, he doesn't handle it well enough. He's not tall enough. He doesn't shoot it well enough to play shooting guard. And, and so I worked on it that summer, I uh, played, I got, I had a tryout with the Rockets. Uh, I thought I should have made that team, got cut, played mm -hmm. in the CBA. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, finishing up my CBA season and a random agent calls me and says, hey, look, I got a deal for you to play in Venezuela for, two and, for, for, for the season. Do you want to mm -hmm. do it? And I said, well, heck yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so I'm playing volleyball, sprain my ankle, and fly out two days later. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, oh, no. And so when I get there, I'm talking to the owner. He looks at me, and he goes, I think he's making these, like, gestures, and, hmm, like he's, like he's sizing me up. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what's wrong? He said, well, I thought you were taller. Hmm. And I said, is that a problem? He said, no, 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 no. He said, and I thought you were older. And, I, and, I, and the whole time I'm thinking, well, should I even play this game? <laughs> so, but my agent that sent me over there said, make sure you get paid first. Right. Don't play a game without getting paid. Mm -hmm. So I said to That's the owner, the yeah, I said, um, well, I'm supposed to get paid first. He said, don't worry about it. He's one of the richest owners over there. He's like, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of that. And I was like, mm. and then I thought, man, you love to play. You ain't going to pass this up. <laughs> even, if you, even if you flew over there, didn't get paid and played for free, is that the worst thing that could happen? 
And my right. first weekend there on a sprained ankle, I think I had like 18, 20, 22. And that was the lowest scout scoring I did over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, midway through the season, I got a trial with, the, with Jersey and never went back to Venezuela. All right. And, and so I sat behind Kenny Anderson the first year, didn't play. Mm-hmm. Three times Kenny Anderson was hurt. Mm. And I was in the starting lineup to shoot around. Oh. I'm mm-hmm. about to get my first start tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Those three games, I played zero minutes. Come on. Wow. <laughs> so, so the Jersey, the Jersey year ends, ends. I'm a free agent again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go down to Atlanta and I'm working out, working out, working out. My agent calls me, hey, Boston wants to bring you in. So I go to Boston and you know, we start camp, we're playing, we're playing. And, uh, you know, I had coaches keep coming up to me saying, why didn't Jersey resign? I said, I don't know. Why didn't Jersey resign? I don't know. And Red Auerbach was sitting at most of our, most of our practices. Mm -hmm. So we play, we play this game and Red sitting there and I go out and I, you know, I'm, I'm just dying. I got, you know, they were short segments. So you know, in my short segments, I plenty of assists. And I'm walking back and, and Red says to me, well, I, you know, I see you can pass the ball around, but the name of the game is put the ball in the hole. Can you, can you, can you shoot? <laughs> so I went and sat down and I'm like, well, I guess he wants to see if I can shoot. So the next segment I had, I went out there and got buckets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a leading scorer in the Southwest Conference the year, you know, two years ago, I, I can get buckets. Yeah. So, um, and then I remember, I remember thinking when I, when I finished that segment, he kind of gave me that look, you know, he's sitting there with a cigar in his mouth, ashes on his chest. <laughs> and he just sat there and he kind of gave me this nod like, okay, I see. And right after that, they offered me a one-year deal to play with the Celtics. The funny thing about that is I turned it down because I just sat behind Kenny Anderson. They had Sherman Douglas. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I don't want to sit two years and not be getting any better. Yeah. The reason why I went to Boston's camp is because my agent told me that I had a deal to go play in Spain. So I'm thinking, well, you know what? I can go for him playing Spain, get a little bit better, come back and really make a team. Mm-hmm. So we fly to New York for the summer league. And when I landed in New York, it was a three-year deal. And wow. so that was kind of how my career took off. And then and three years later, signed my big deal with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, oh, here's another interesting part of signing with Charlotte. So I play, I want to say two years with Charlotte and they draft Baron Davis. Mm-hmm. Baron's first year, he sat behind me all year. Mm-hmm. The second year, Paul Silas comes up to me and he says, hey, duh, you know, you know, the young fellow's going to play, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I know he's going to play. <laughs> like, but come on, man. He said, no, 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 no. I want to play you together. Mm. He said, but I want to play you at the two. And I said, I, I said this to Paul, I said, listen, just put me out there on the court. I'll make it work. Right. <laughs> so it, for, the first, for the first seven years of my career, I played point guard. For the last seven, I played shooting guard. Mm-hmm. And I made it work. I had to guard the Kobe's, the LeBron's. I mean, uh, yeah, I guarded LeBron, uh, <laughs> um, the Michaels. Um, you know, I, I had to guard all the big, guards reggie miller uh ray allen you know i had to guard all those guys i just made it work but you know again 
all about the fight. And that's all I did. That's I went out and, fought and turned it into 14 years. That's amazing. An amazing 14 years, man. An amazing 14 years. So you shot 41% shooting your entire career, 37% from the three-point line. You had an average of 1.3 steals per game. And with the Hornets slash Pelicans, you averaged 15.2 points per game. So I think that's a hell of a goddamn career. Well, I, you know what? You're, you're telling me all these numbers. I, I don't know any of them. I know zero of them. <laughs> I see it in your face. You could be making them up, but I wouldn't even be able to correct you. I see it in your face. I, I got them all from stats. I got them all from the stats page. So. You gave your career stats, and you were like, oh. Oh, and I was like, yeah, he don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was a successful career. So um, here's a question. What would you say to a young fella in your position now trying to probe his way into this this political thing we call the NBA at times. Well, first of all, if you're if you're not in the league yet, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. So hear what they say, but don't listen. Mm. Hear what they say, but don't listen. Because obviously whatever you're not doing enough of, you need to correct it. Mm -hmm. But never, never think that that means you can't play. And for me, like I said, they said I couldn't handle, I couldn't shoot it. And they couldn't measure what I was willing to do. So, um, and you have to, you have to love it. You have to love it. Um, so, you know, I said between my first year in the league and my second year in the league from Jersey to Boston, I went to Atlanta and I played um, and I worked out and, I, and I, there was a guy named Steve Bardo who played with me in the CBA. He also ended up in Venezuela uh, while I was there. Uh, uh, and we and we're now we're we're back in Atlanta, and we decided we we're going to work out together to get back in the league. He had already played with Dallas, mm -hmm. and so every morning we'd get up and go. We'd go work out. He didn't get up every morning and go work out. There's a lot of mornings I was there by myself, mm. and to me that is the difference. I wanted it. I was like when I wake up. When I woke up in the morning, the thing that I wanted to do more than anything else, video games weren't that big then. Um, I didn't <laughs> want to go party. I didn't want to go do some of the things that young guys my age were doing because I had to get up and get that work in. So we'd go lift, cardio, shoot in the morning, and then we would come back around 5, 6 o'clock and hoop every day. And I, I didn't miss it every day. Every, and I was married at the time, every day. She knew exactly where I was going, what I was doing, and there was nothing to get in the way of it. So um, you have to have that drive and belief in yourself um, and, and put the work in. Uh, you know, like, like guys that are, that are undrafted, that are in the league, Najee Marshall um, and Jose Alvarado, they put in the work and they believe in themselves. And, and I think that, that's the difference. So that's what I would tell young people trying to get in the league. You got to believe in what you're doing and you got to put in the work to, to – to give, and then you just need an opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, play your game. Yeah, definitely. That's solid. That's, 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 that's some great advice, man. And hopefully to the kids who are listening and, and want to be, a, you know, an NBA player, don't, don't give up. You know, right. oftentimes we get to a point where we, we get to that bridge and, and it's, it looks like it's hard to cross and we turn around. And sometimes yeah. you just need to just, Find another way across the bridge, but don't but don't cross it. Don't not cross it. You know, right. don't turn back around because there's so much more waiting on the other side of every trial and tribulation that you go through in life. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's why in, in the good old Baptist uh, hymnal, they'll say it's a trial and a testimony. You know, <laughs> so so you 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 go through that test to have a testimony. So right. you know, um, and and it's good you know for for you because it builds character. You yes, know? It, it builds who we are, the determination, the, the struggles that you go through in life. It builds the character and the person that you become later on in life. So. Here's my my question. This is mine. I uh-huh. want to know who was the very first person to reach you a basketball and say, go try it and play this. Go do this. Go go hang out and play with this. All right. So uh, when I was when I was young, I was a football player. Okay. Mm, interesting. And and I run through a wall. I wanted to be Tony Dorsett so bad <laughs> I could take <laughs> um, so when I when I was, you know, playing Pop Warner football, I wore 33. Uh, if I saw Tony do it, and I'm talking about to his walk, it, the way, you know, we ran the I formation, I was Tony, I promise you. Um, and so I get, I go and I'm going, I'm going, I get to seventh grade and even in seventh grade, I'd run through a wall. When I got to eighth grade, I, I wasn't the size you're looking at now. Everybody's like, well, you look like a football player. No, I didn't look like this. Uh, I graduated <laughs> high school, 155 pounds, graduated, graduated wow. 155 pounds. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, by the time I was done with college, I was 195 pounds. Mm. And that was more maturing than in there, you know, just lifting weights, because I hated lifting weights too. Yeah. So, um, but when I was when I was in eighth grade, you know, there were dudes out there with facial hair already. I was, <laughs> dude ran and stuck his knee in my ear hole and I was out the whole next play. Wow. And I think that was my first concussion, but it wasn't wow. a big deal then, right? Right, so, right. But then I remember the next game, I overran a, a running back intentionally, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, this ain't for you. If you're going to do that, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So, and I always liked basketball. My dad was a basketball player, but he was an All-American football player in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad would go to the park every day. And I started going to the park with him. And I was playing against grown men. And my dad would put me on his team because he was dominant like that. and go out there and hoop. So I would go out there and, and play with these men and, and my dad would get mad at me. You're not doing me any good if you ain't gonna shoot the ball. Hmm. I'm like, all right. So I would go out there and just shoot. That's all he ever told me, shoot. And I would go out there and shoot and find my spots. Then I started getting used to the speed and quickness and the strength of the bigger guys. And I think that just kind of helped me, but it also gave me that drive. like. I want to be good. I want to beat this guy. Yeah. Right. Gradually, I started getting on that level. And I'm ninth grade. Now I'm 10th grade. Now I'm, now I'm looking at him like, you can't hold me. This is what I do. So, um, you know, and, and I think that's what that's what brought me the love. Just just being around my dad. Uh, he was he was my favorite player. I didn't grow up with an NBA favorite player. I grew up. My dad was my favorite player. And our games are completely the opposite. He was oh, wow. a, he's a six, one and a half leaping inside player. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> game's completely different. Um, and so, but I always love to go watch him dominate the game. And I always wanted to do that. And yeah. so I just kept playing and then I would work on little things. I would hear people say stuff and I would go work on it, go see if I could do it. Um, but the NBA game was something I didn't really grow up on. I'd watch a quarter and then I wanted to go play. I didn't want to sit there for three hours and watch a game. I wanted to watch a little bit 
then I get my juices flowing. Now it's time for me to go to the park, go find a basket, go shoot, do something else. <laughs> and so, and, it, and in ways that hurt me because I didn't learn things from players at that level, but mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking NBA. When I, when I was in high school, I wasn't thinking NBA. Mm -hmm. When I was in college, I wasn't thinking NBA. It wasn't until my, between my junior and senior year, I'm playing against Michael Williams. Um, and Mike Williams is the first person that said, hey man, you could do this. And he was in the league at the time with Detroit. And I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, you have a great senior year. You can do this. Then it was on my mind. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's really good, man. Because, you know, oftentimes, you know, especially in the African-American community, um, our kids, you know, tend to either have uh, a coach or, or a teacher mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, uh, sometimes a father. Um, to, to, to reach that ball to him. My yeah. dad reached the ball to me, um, my uncles, and um, my dad's from Mississippi. So we would go to the country and we have some property out there and we would go in the backyard and had a goal set up and I would play against all of my uncles. And I would be the only girl out there playing against my uncles. Mm -hmm. And I would get fouled and they would, and I would say, man, that's a foul. And they would say, stop acting like a girl and play basketball. You wanna <laughs> be out here, get tough and play. And so, man, I developed me a nice little three-point shot, and mm -hmm. I would let me, it would be me and my dad against my uncle, my two uncles, and God rest my uncle's soul, uh, my, my oldest uncle, um, he would be the the center. Uh -huh. And man, he was tall, y'all. He was about six eleven, and he would literally block anything that you would try to drive in there. <laughs> lay up. He would whack it. He would. He wouldn't care how old I was. He said, "Don't bring that in here." So I developed right. the outside shot. I say, you know what? If I can't get it in, I'm going to stand out here and shoot. So I would just go out there in the country and just stand out there and just chuck up threes until I got me a nice three-point shot. <laughs> and so the, the love of the game for basketball, it, it, it definitely came from family first. And then after they exposed me to that ball when I was, I think, eight, I think my first time touching the basketball, I was eight years old. I started watching basketball. I had to. I don't care what was going on. I didn't want to go nowhere if Michael <laughs> Jordan was getting on that court. If right. the Bulls was playing, I was, I don't care what we was doing. We could have been having a birthday party for me. If the Bulls were playing, they had to start after the game. I would tell my moms. And so the love of the game of basketball, it started at an early age. And, and it was one that was really beneficial to me mm -hmm. because it allowed me to become who I am now. Because playing with people and learning how to, you know, play with your teammates, that builds camaraderie, it builds continuity, it builds um, so many things that we need as a person that you really don't even realize you need it until you're in an office, sit, you know, setting, working with somebody. And now it's, you know, you need that teammate's help. Yeah. And you have to work collectively as a team to, to put on a project that could bring fifty <laughs> to, to $60,000 you know, a pop to your business. So um, the basketball was the first thing I ever fell in love with as, as well. Yeah, I would um, say the same for me. I um, I started probably when I was about six. I have two older brothers. One of them is about six years older than me. The other one's 10 years older than me. And I'm the only one who grew up to actually play organized ball. Um, neither one of my brothers played in school or anything like that. And I played AU for a little while and everything. But um, yeah, they, they kind of got me started with it. We had a goal. Uh, right next to our driveway, just like, you know, an in-ground goal, you know, pole was in the grass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the dirt. It don't matter. In the dirt. <laughs> so 
so um and my oldest brother he went to school with um he went to Abramson with uh with Lil Wayne at the time I think so Lil Wayne even came over and played ball in my driveway at one point and me I'm just a little kid I'm like oh okay that guy's a rapper that's cool whatever but <laughs> I was always the same as you Rocky I was always playing ball with the guys and you know they 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 treat you differently because you're a girl you know mm-hmm. and um oh this thing telling me it's about to end in 10 minutes I gotta upgrade my account well anyway I can be upgrading it but anyway uh, we're gonna keep it moving but yeah I had pretty much the same experience we'll go on to the next question Rocky okay so um I I got some questions out of the bag uh that we dropped online for everybody to to, uh, ask you David um so um Pelican's DoorDasher (laughs) at Pelican's DoorDasher asks did David have any superstitions when you play any lucky socks or turtleneck uh, eat, eat a certain <laughs> meal and do you still have any for the games that you call uh, I never believed in superstitions okay. mm-hmm. um, you know I, 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 I hated them and I stayed away from them as, as much as possible I remember uh, you know so my game day routine would be to eat breakfast uh, go home and take a nap and then when I would get to the game I hadn't eaten since breakfast oh, wow. so I used to eat grand breakfast before games Mm-hmm. I ate graham crackers because they were good one, mm-hmm. but there was nothing to them. So nothing to irritate my stomach, but still feel like I at least ate something. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time we were, you know, I think we might've been in Toronto or Vancouver and, you know, we traveled with local media at the time mm-hmm. and we didn't have any graham crackers mm-hmm. and everybody was losing their mind except me. <laughs> I just told Big Shot, well, give me some vanilla wafers. Give me, give me something yeah. that I can nibble on. And they were like, oh my God, you don't have your graham crackers. You're going to be okay. And I'm like, dude, that's y'all. I'm not, I don't, I don't care about that. I just, I'm just eating something. It doesn't have to be, because, you know, a lot of times people will be like, oh, you got to cut your hair. You got to do this. Or, you know, AD with the turtleneck. He's, he's superstitious. <laughs> now he's telling uh, uh, Devontae Graham, he's got to keep his hair blown out. You know, oh, so yeah. I, I never got into that, never wanted to. I, I liked what I liked, but it wasn't something that I, I dwelled on. Yeah, okay. not superstitious, but uh, more of a routine, I guess you could say. Yes, yes. Right. I was more, yes, I was more routine than superstitious. Gotcha, okay, okay. Okay, so it. at Flurry Talks asked, were you expecting this team to bond as well this season with the arrival of Willie and the new pieces added to the roster? Absolutely not. <laughs> not in a million years. And certainly after one and 12, it was a lot of opportunities for this team to just splinter. And mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't is an outstanding job by Willie Green and that coaching staff to keep those guys not only engaged, but ready when their, their number was called. I, I haven't seen a guy go out there and look lost. I haven't seen a guy go out there and be out of place. Um, and I've seen so much to development and guys play above what we would all expect probably right. even more than what they expected which means that you know this team has been coached well put together well and and hopefully you know uh with zion and and next year they can start seeing some you know some real playoff success absolutely so 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 we didn't get to touch too much on your broadcasting career and uh, by the way, outstanding job you and Aaron doing together. Thank you. Uh, we love watching it. You know, I tell you, I watch as soon as I get home. I <laughs> watch the whole game and, and the, the pre and the post. Right. So, um, 
shout out to, to, to Aaron as well. She watching this uh, for, for a great uh, pre and post game um, that you, you two put on collectively. So, so shout out to y'all for that. Um, so here's a question from Toba Hama. I hope I'm saying this right. Oh yeah, Tom Bahama. Yeah, that's Sean. <laughs> okay, Sean, Sean. <laughs> what was it about this opportunity and city that brought you here and kept you here? Well, it was, it's an odd way that I even got this job. And, and you know, I'll say that when I first retired, I moved back to Houston or moved to Houston and the Rockets had me doing um, pre and post game. And mm-hmm. it was just me. I was zooming back to, you know, wherever the team was. I was in Houston at a bar and I absolutely hated it. Oh, wow. So I probably did four or five games and then you turn in your timesheet or your, you know, to get paid. I didn't even turn that in. I just said, I don't want to do it anymore. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Pro bono. Yes. Yes. I did like five free games. So then I went, I went, it was four or five years later. I coached two years in the D league and I wanted to be the head coach. So I coached first year with Nancy Lieberman, the second year with Dale Harris. Dale Harris didn't even travel. So I was like, well, give it to me. I'll try, you know, I want this gig. Mm-hmm. And I could see the writing on the wall. They weren't going to give it to me. So I went to Vegas to the summer league to, you know, shake hands, kiss babies, mm-hmm. you know, tell that stories. That was it. <laughs> yes. And, right. and hopefully get a coaching job. Mm-hmm. I'm walking through the, uh, the arena one day and the PR, Harold, Kaufman, mm-hmm. head of PR for the Hornets at the time, walked up to me and said, hey, we're changing broadcasters. I put your name in. I didn't go to school for this. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I was like, uh, okay, do I, can I think about it? He said, yes. My wife and I went up to Maine, and which is where she was from. We had the kids with us, and we were up there hanging out. I had to come down out of the mountains just to get a signal. And wow. After about four days, you know, just kind of weighing it, talking to her about it, I said, well, let's do it. So we had basically 10 days before school started. And and I basically, my first game, we didn't do any pre, we don't do preseason games. Or we didn't when I when I was when I first started, we didn't do any preseason games. My first game as a broadcaster was go. Mm. I didn't know Nate. I didn't know what stuff meant. They were talking about mixed minus. I was like, <laughs> I, minus. I don't know if I got mixed minus or not, but I did. You know, so uh, so if you if you look at my first year, uh, I was awful. <laughs> to to say that I'm now doing this ten years later is mm-hmm. is is something else because my first year I was just wide eyed and trying to pick up and learn everything I can and. You know, you got, you know, a lot of people telling you what you should or shouldn't do or do this better. Uh, one of the things is stop talking with your hands, which I love to do. <laughs> you know, so I've just kind of worked through it and, and tried to learn as best I can. And I've enjoyed every bit of it. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Rocky, we got about uh, two minutes and 45 seconds left before this thing cuts us off. We're running out of time. And now I know what they mean on those shows when they say we out of time. Now I know. I know, right? <laughs> No, and, and, and listen, okay, so, so let me get this, let me get this, let me get this last one in right here, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. So um, at Jutes Magoots asks, yeah. as a former player, what's a skills concept, offensive or defensive, 
observed that the team has improved upon that the most from the beginning of the season to the end and what skill set do they need to improve on in the off season? Okay. Uh, skill set they need to improve is shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they, they need three-point shooting. It's been mm-hmm. – it, it, is, it is the biggest part of the NBA now, mm-hmm. and it's one of the things that they have struggled with. And, you know, they're the bottom third of the league in shooting. I, I think the thing that I've seen the most improvement in is defense. The way they mm-hmm. fire around, their deflections, their steals. Uh, you know, I think Herb Jones – has really brought this team up to another level um, because this defense has become contagious and people get out there and they actually want to play. And that's how you get a good defense team. You have to have guys that have bought into the defensive side. Are they a great defensive team? Not yet. Are they capable of getting to be great? Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. you can see the improvement. You can see the way the guys are locking in. And that's, um, that's been a joy to watch, you know, because I, I got in this league from, my defense over shooting, which I thought I shot better than play defense. <laughs> you know, I knew that's the way I was going to stay on the court. So that's what I'll do. Um, but yeah, that defense is something that, that they've, they've grown tremendously over the season. Okay. Well, I want to really, really thank you so much for coming on here and hanging with us, man. You know, I tell you I, every time I get a chance to, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the love that you have for the city, uh, for the team. And, and I appreciate you being open to talk to me from day one when I was screaming your name. <laughs> That's David Wesley. <laughs> it's, it's been great getting to know you, Rocky. It's, uh, you know, it's, you make the games fun for me because you're a passionate fan. You're into it. You're knowledgeable about the game. And, um, and I hope this thing takes off. And real, hopefully one time, you know, we'll all be in the same place and we can all absolutely. hang out. And, and, it's going to uh, happen soon. Maybe I'll see you absolutely. tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what's up. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you for showing up. Uh, once again, y'all, David Wesley, one of the best point guards the Hornets ever had in the history. I don't care what they want to say. We're giving him <laughs> his flowers now. We want to thank him for showing love to the city of New Orleans, to the Pelicans organization. Stay tuned for part two of the Rocky and Rail show featuring our special guest, David Wesley.